HGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to the Studio B. The B stands for burger. The B stands for bombs because we are coming to you live from the West Loop of Chicago here in our downtown studios. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckerwall23. Uh, on the Twitter, uh, he's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We'll be joined by Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, later on, we're coming to you live after a White Sox winner, 7-2. to Got home runs from Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, and Jake Berger. Damn straight. And Jake Berger said, eh, for good measure, here's a triple as well. A triple. We're not surprised by this. As we looked up earlier, he has a second, what, uh, He's like like an 85th percentile in sprint speed. Well, 85th is, uh, it's, I think it's 75. I don't know about that. Earlier, it was 85th uh, percentile. Well, it's not 85th. And earlier in the year, I showed you it was 85th. It's 76. Now it is. You're so dramatic. Now it is. Back then, it was 85th percentile. So, I showed it to you. You're smoking. I literally showed it to you. You're like, I was right behind Luis Robert. I'm telling you. I I know exactly what you're saying. And you're were, you were talking about feet per second. No. And in that he was second on the team behind yeah. Luis Robert in feet per second. Correct. That was not the percentile slider, my per- friend. I said percentile. You would change it to feet per second. Sean. <sighs> that you just, are you're just not listening and you're just trying to be right. You're very stubborn. I'm very right. Okay. No, you're not you're you're wrong. Uh, I love you, Shane. Mwah, I love you. All right. Uh, uh poor Cody. It's his damn birthday. And when I'm sitting there. Hoping them, you know, that Brandon Hughes or whoever that is can get an out, one, two outs, uh, and Kyle Tucker, oof, that man, singles, see, makes it seventy five. Um, Canadian. Told all right, you. okay, hey man, it whatever. was eighty fifth percentile. Okay. Hey, whatever. Um, Jake Berger, good at hitting. Jake Berger hits the hell out of the ball at home. Uh, White Sox win seven to two. Uh, we we saw a stat earlier pregame. White Sox were six and seven when they hit two or more home runs. Now we can say they are seven and seven when they hit two or more home runs in a game. It's a good stat for the White Sox. You see why it's as such because they got actual decent pitching and they've gotten decent pitching. At least last turn, pretty much from all their starters, uh, Sanson and one guy, Kopech. But this is what the White Sox need more than the hitting. They need their starters to do what Mike Clevenger did today, like Lance Lynn did yesterday, to go as far as they did and to pitch as effectively as they did. Even though I don't think Mike Clevenger literally pitched well, I think the Cleveland Guardians are just really bad at hitting, especially when I don't have the best player in the AL Central there in Jose Ramirez, and then White Sox killer uh, Josh Naylor. Yeah. Uh, Bol- Naylor uh, left the game yesterday, didn't play in today's game, and then what, Ramirez is on the bereavement list? Yes. Bereavement list. Uh, so that bad lineup just gets worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think since August 3rd, they've been like the worst in baseball by way to runs carried plus, and it's like 64. Like their offense has been horrible. Like Quan's a tough at bat, mm-hmm. but he's not going to do any damage. I mean, he's basically Andrew Benatendi, but but better. Um, you know, Jimenez is a tough at bat, but he struggles to, I think, find power as well. Um, Josh Bell. Eh, eh, yeah. He's mid. I mean, we were pretty, in that pretty rough in that at bat with, it was a uh, Ronaldo Lopez versus 
Jimenez, you're like, throw him fastball, throw him high fastball. It's the perfect situation. You're not, he's not going to hit a home run off of you. You had three on the year, but they struggle on hitting home runs and hitting fastballs. And you saw what he did to both those guys. Went upstairs and got a strikeout on Rosario. And I forgot what he did to Jimenez, but I think he also got a favorable result there too. Yeah, I mean, he didn't allow a run, which was huge. Uh, Raylo was uh, clean today, which was huge. Uh, Clevenger had to be relieved in the seventh because he loaded the bases. Um, he was our, our, our it was whatever. Um, he Clevenger, was fine. He did his job. He did, as we asked for, five innings pitch, three earned runs or less. He did his job, and yeah. that's what exactly what he needs to do. Sarah with the stats, uh, six innings pitch, two earned runs, six hits, five Ks, four walks, four Mike Clevenger. Um but, you know, I'm processing over results. When we get to the actual results of what Mike Clevenger did as far as swings and misses and called strikes, you'll see uh, people out there who are watching and people who are listening will uh, verbalize it for you. Not great. I didn't take the, the screenshots just because I, I didn't yeah. want to make it to, to be a huge uh, part of the show. Uh, but swings and misses, uh, 10 swings and misses for Clevenger on 44 swings, uh, three on his forcing fastball on 24 swings, uh, 10 fouls. Uh, again, like what we saw with Philly, they had power lefties. We really don't see that with Cleveland. And who's the, the fifth hitter today? Brennan? Yeah. That guy was smoking yeah. balls. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I know the White Sox are playing well. They are playing well. They're hitting home runs for the second consecutive game. They got three home runs from their lineup. Awesome. Two, again, Gavin Sheets and Berger are part of the mix there. Just switch in uh, Robert for Vaughn today. But... Are they more them playing well, or is it more Cleveland is just horrific right now? Not don't tell me both people because I said either I didn't say either I didn't say either or I said I said I was actually sorry I said an either or question. So which one is more the White Sox playing well or is Cleveland that bad? I think it's Cleveland's that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think Cleveland was going to be. Contending for this division. Um, you didn't? No, I didn't. I, I, I had the Twins winning this division. I thought it was going to be the Twins and White Sox uh, duking it out here. Um, I, I just really didn't think that Cleveland was... I mean, they were the youngest team to do that. Yeah. What they did last year, they were the youngest team. I, that's tough to repeat. Um, but I thought I, they did it in a way where no, it could be repeated because of... You know, just being, they didn't hit a lot of home runs. It wasn't a lot of flukish things happening for them that last year. They pitched well, they had a lot of contact, and they got a lot of hits. Yeah, and they have a like, lot like, of left-handers. I thought the the switch, uh, the shift would open up some more hits for them, but no, sir. They played a, a ton of close games, and, and that's the thing. That, that, that type of luck is going to switch. Um, but anyways, like, I mean, they don't hit for power. That's, that's how you win baseball games consistently. That's why Jake Berger, who we'll talk about later, should be up in the lineup. Uh, th- all that does guy does, at least at home, all he does at home is hit home runs. Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't want that guy up in your lineup getting as many opportunities to hit home runs. Uh, but Clevenger, just to round it out, um, Damn it, Dan. 25% uh, called strike with percentage uh, on his forcing fastball and on all 95 pitches. Uh, what did you think about the kind of meeting to start the seventh between Katz and Clevenger being like, hey, this is the plan? I think, I don't know if it was because of Sebi coming in the game. I think that, right, that was That's the time right. where Sebi came in the game and they probably wanted to get a 
like a plan, a game plan, and uh, what the pitches are on the pitch com, all that things and such. I Paul asked, was anybody su- uh, surprised when he came back for the seventh? I think he was under 90 pitches, so no, I'm not surprised. And he was relatively going easily through the Cleveland Guardians lineup, even though he was walking people. I think he walked four batters today. So, yes, but also I was surprised that there was – not really a thing where he gave up the first runner and then gave up the second runner and then he let him give up a third runner on base to load the bases up uh, before he finally pulled him out of the game. I would have been like, okay, this is your last inning. I see any trouble. Anybody gets on base, I'm coming to get you. And it's Ronaldo Lopez time. But he's been very slow and very hesitant on these moves. I don't know if it's Katz doing the moves or if it's Pedro, but... He's the manager, so he's going to get the blame on that one. I just think that it's not, you know, advantageous for him and the pitcher that he has out there to see him being tired. You can see him couldn't throw any strikes, and then he didn't really take him out. He didn't really even, like, address the guy. You know, it is really ironic that Comet is a, a sponsor, yet we're having a blackout. You know what I'm saying? You know, you think we wouldn't have, uh, you know, power issues uh, with, with Kyle. Anyway, anyways, I should be able to see you here. Um, yeah, I, I see um, you perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> sorry, people, we're working on the technical difficulties there. Um, difficulty. You guys don't need to see us. No, you don't you hear our voices. You're, you're Look like at the, that. You're like the podcast listeners. Podcast listeners, we're actually having a blackout on our YouTube feed live. But you know what? You're getting the same experience that they do. It says the our battery's exhausted. The dulcet tones <laughs> of Herb. And Sean. Um, shout out to Herman Rome for the super chat. I pray this team keeps winning so that it doesn't get blown up. These are the best rosters I've seen in my fandom. They have to be who they truly are. You'd hope so, Herman. Um, like, it, it. the main component on why the rebuild has slash will fail is because of injuries. Yes. We, we all know that. I mean, you know, it's, it's not because... You know, Mike Boom. Clevenger is is the the fourth pitcher, right, or whoever. You know, Adam Eaton's out in right field. It's that Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, Juan Moncada, Tim Anderson, and Giannis Monte Grandal have not played in games together if to a substantial amount. I mean, forty six games uh, in the three years since twenty twenty. Yep, like it's it, it's a horrible number. And what do we see today? Like, yes, Monte Grandal tweaking his back, <laughs> at, uh, getting a hit, uh, but but also tweaking his back. So like, it, it is tough, Herman. That you know, you know, to pray to keep that this team keeps winning, um, because we all want this team to keep winning. I I would love nothing more if they just kept winning series. But this is the third series they've won in 2023. They finally hit, you know, three-plus home runs this game. Uh, we've seen that for two straight games, but is that going to dry up? May's been very powerful for mm-hmm. the White Sox, but, you know, can they actually make that continue? And maybe we'll see the White Sox evolve past the need of Tim Anderson because now we're seeing folks call for him to be moved down the lineup. I, I, mean, I mean, we're discussing Jake Berger moving up. If Jake Berger needs to move up, someone needs to move down. And I know Tim had some hits today, um, but also Peyton Battenfield. You, know, that, you, you should be getting hits off that guy. And I think I brought it up last year and maybe an offseason <laughs> show that, you know, let's look into Tim, maybe not hitting leadoff because if he's not hitting for power and if he's not getting on base at a 360 plus clip where where he usually gets that via his hitting and he's not hitting right now it's not just a you know 
dictatorship where you just stay at the leader at the uh, head of the lineup. If you're not good, it's a meritocracy. We need people who are up at the lineup to get more at bats. And if you're not giving good at bats, which today I think he had some solid at bats, then you need to be moved down. Now, as people have brought up, it's not a punishment forever. It's not into perpetuity. He can brought being brought back up once he finds his way back to the leadoff spot. But as of right now, I got to get more bats for Jake Berger. I got to get more bats for Gavin Sheets. Both those guys got to move up in the order while they're in here. And people like, even though he's hitting the ball, but he's not hitting the ball with authority, you got to put Andrew Benintendi maybe at the eighth spot and put and put these guys up earlier and just move the lineup up a little bit more. And maybe not Tim in like the eight or nine, but put him at like the six or seven. Yeah, and he won a batting title, I think, at the sixth spot. Who? Tim, I believe. Sixth spot? I think he was lo- he was in late. Twenty nineteen? I thought he was late in the thing. I I could be wrong. Really? I, I don't recall. You can check it out. Oh no, I'm just I'm just trying to think of who was leading off for those teams. Nineteen. I'm oh, I'm 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 looking it up. I'm sorry. Uh it, uh, my bad. Oh, no, God. it's okay. Jake could have. I didn't know if you wanted to. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, he can be anywhere in the order <laughs> if he wants to. But being first means that you are actually doing the job of getting on base. Okay, you're right. Either way, you get on base. Either you walk, you hit. If you do those two things and you're Tim Anderson of the past, I'm in. Be the leadoff guy. Who 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 was the leadoff guy in 2019? Herb? 2019 White Sox leadoff guy. I don't want to s- 134 uh, games. God damn, he played a lot. Um, oh, he played a lot. What position? That's the best part about this player. No. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, he's a legend. Oh, no, he wasn't. <laughs> Rudy Garcia. Garcia. No. 134 <laughs> games, oh baby, for the 72 win White Sox. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Tim had 65 games batting second. Mm-hmm. Tim had 31 games batting seventh. And Tim had 12 games batting sixth. Okay, so and nine games batting fifth. So, so he mostly just, second then. Yeah, batted all around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mostly second though, 65 games. Um, I do want to go to Beef Loaf's comment here because we're talking about the lineup. Like, what do you what do you make of Pedro Duvall? Um, he makes a lot of rookie mistakes. That you had it right there, Sarah. Yeah, right there. Uh, why the heck are they using Kelly in the eighth and Graveman in the ninth up five? Seemed odd. I, I mean, this has been something that I've brought up, I think, in the race series at home when they were down like eight. They're throwing the back of their bullpen, Kelly, Graveman, and Reynaldo Lopez, like down seven runs. We've seen this multiple times from Pedro Grafal. I understand like rookie mistake, but like you keep making the rookie mistake. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. Because even Garrett Crochet, somebody who I've thought would be used in the first two games since he's been made active on the roster. We see him in the bullpen warming next to Kendall Graveman. And, this, and yet he's not brought in. And this is the thing. Tomorrow, it's a quick turnaround. You're to 110 start. I guarantee if an opportunity for Raylo, Kendall, or Joe Kelly comes up, which they're your reliable bullpen people, one of those people won't be available because they pitched... 12 hours ago, they pitched 13 hours ago, whatever it was. And you'll hear the, the things after the game. He wasn't available. Then go to people who not shouldn't be pitching. Like the Raylo time, I was fine with after to relieve uh, Clevenger. But 
Kelly? No, no. Kelly's just too damn good now to be pitching in a game that's out of order. It was a five-run game. No. And then when the game was definitely sealed, that's Gary Crochet time. And if Gary Crochet gets it into any um, trouble, yeah, get Kendall Graveman up if he gives up two, three runs. But, yeah, the I can see tomorrow this happening, and I'll be pissed. Yeah, he makes a lot of rookie errors. Like, the, we've already talked about Jake Berger hitting eighth. And I saw somebody say, Jake Cutter said he hits this in eighth spot. It's not because he's hitting in the eighth spot he's that he's hitting. Good. He, he's just good. So he <laughs> should be hitting earlier so you can get him more bats, so you get score more runs. I get it. The spot he hits well in, it's not the spot that he hits well in. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, we don't need to be a slave to what he hits, you know, eighth. I'm going to literally look up her name. I mean, there's nine batting positions. Yes. Na- name one. Third. Third. Okay. Actually, he's, he's bad batting third. Fourth. Uh, uh, 967 OPS. Great. All right. Fifth. Uh, 1085. Those, those work. Yeah. Bat him fifth. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't. Don't bat him seventh though, because he's got a five ninety seventh OPS. He sees that number seven and then you're seven eight nine. I'm scared now. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> um, all right. Um, I, and I know you, we're not shooting the messenger, Fred. We love you, uh, Soxipus. Uh, do you want to do the Soxipus now that they've hit three home runs in a game? We don't have the socks with us. They're they're somewhere. Ah, it's too late. It's not too late. It's too late. No, with that attitude. It's if too they late. get five wins in a row, I'll do the socks. Five wins in a row. You got it. All right. Five wins in a row. Socks to puss. We'll take a quick break. Um, and then we'll talk uh, more socks to puss, more home runs. Uh, and, and two, we'll t- I think we'll dive more into are the guardians bad? Are the white Sox bad and sweep too? Because you uh, laughed at Jason Benetti. Uh, when Jason was like, Oh, and they'll have their first chance to sweep an opponent tomorrow. And, and it's like, and that's no, not true. That's not true. They've had plenty of chances. And they well, lost. Well, one at least. I know that was the twin. And twins. Well, that one was close too, right? Yep. That was 4-3 or something like that? Yep. I don't remember that game. You sound like you, you the, the disdain in your voice sounds like you remember that game. Yeah, they, uh, I think they gave up a lead and they lost the game late. I'm pretty sure they did versus the Twins. That was a walk. Awesome. It was a getaway game. Pretty oh, yeah. Oh, God. It was the f- game that went to 12. Yes. Okay. All right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Alex Colomay was on this team again. Oh, yeah. I did. I did black that out. Thank God. Uh, all right. We'll take a quick break. Going to let you know about our friends over at Pins and Aces. It's been a beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, if you are, uh, this ad break needs more props. Uh, Sarah, I'm going to ask you for a favor here. Uh, Josh is asking for more props. Can oh you just go out and just grab a shit ton of props that don't have to make any sense? Um, Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of All City and CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear and get tons of compliments on and off the course. They are family-owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve, uh, an innovative product that allows you to store up to seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold the entire round. So check out pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Calm. Um, and again, you know, lovely weather coming out. Got to hit the links. Uh, there you go. There's her anything. in a pins and aces hat. Perfect. There, there's your prop, Josh. Uh, a pins and we aces have more hat. props, but they're doing a show over there, and so I can't Who grab cares? them. Uh, I don't know. We're doing a show in though. here. They lost. <laughs> oh, what? We can't. We can't. Is, is it? Are you afraid of Cody? They're losing. I'm, I'm keeping it professional. I don't want to disrupt the, the vibe of anything. Are you afraid of Cody? 
I'm not afraid of Cody. I know the I know the Cubs lost. He, he could be I, very I very go up there and ask him if they lost. Testy. He was happier earlier. <laughs> he was really happy earlier. It's his birthday. Hey, what hey. team couldn't win the game? Guys, for him? <laughs> I'm not used to this guy, but Cubs fans have been chirping a lot this year, talking a lot. Cubs had a lead six to one in the eighth. Some bitches lost seven to six. I'm not, I'm not usually a Cubs guy, but them and the Lions fans, man, they've been ch- talking way too much. Puffy chested about themselves. Oh, we're out again. Oh, no, it's dark. Please help us. Oh, boy. I don't know why I turned into a robot. Um, But I am wearing this pins and aces hat. A blank name. Calm yourself, my friend. I swear, Herbert Sean would complain if prime Tony Gwynn was hitting 350 in the White Sox lineup just because he was not hitting home runs. What are you talking about? Who are you talking what? about? I, is, is Andrew Benatendi prime Tony Gwynn? Please tell me. Is he hitting 350? Who is who are we complaining about that's hitting 350? I would love if someone was hitting 350. What? What are you talking about? I like I, that's maybe, a loyal listener. I maybe, shout out to blank name. Maybe but Andrew like Benatendi. Like, what? What? But what? he's not hitting for power, which people at he's the, not hitting 350. No, and people should be hitting. He's hitting well the last couple of games, but he's not like when we say process or results. Just because the hits are going through doesn't mean he's doing well with the bat. This team that they're facing might just be... Oh, boy, Vinny's here. Piss poor. I got to finish this ad read. Okay. Um, well, again, it's just the GM said, ball go far, team go far. And he go- went out and got... Slapping Judy guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Punching Judy. Um, you sound like Ozzy. Um, you're going to take... Uh, <laughs> Want to let you know, though, uh, about our friends over at Game Time. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to all these sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets. So if you are looking to maybe ditch work, um, I don't know if school's still in, but maybe ditch school, uh, and, and go to the White Sox game tomorrow at one time. Uh, game time has you covered. Uh, they have easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Uh, and you can forget planning for months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So snag the tickets off the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hello, Vinny. Oh, oh. Hi, Hello. Vinny. Okay, there Hello. you go. I don't know. You were you weren't on screen. Now you are on screen, and now I can see you. Follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. I'm not complaining about Andrew Benatendi. We're just saying the the king of the game is Jake Berger. He's batting eighth, and we just think that he should be rewarded uh, sliding up the lineup. Uh, Sarah, would you mind flashing the, the king of the game here? Uh, shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook, too. I want a lot of money tonight. Um, but uh, Jake Berger, uh, three for four tonight, two RBIs, one home run, and a triple. Uh, but we, we kind of been talking about this to start, Vinny. Um, will we see Jake Berger uh, move up the lineup? Or if it ain't broke, don't fix it For in the mind of Pedro Grafal. Well, I think Pedro Grafal is doing what he's doing on purpose. Uh, I would argue if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I see a guy hit a home run tonight, a guy who's on a uh, tremendous streak, and then it's followed up by a tweet from Herb that says, oh, he's hitting eighth. But Herb, who cares? He's hitting. That's what matters. Everybody on this team decided not to hit last year for the most part. Uh, For the first month and a half of the season, wasn't a lot of hitting going on on this team. 
they're going to hit. Let them hit. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I get what you're. I get what you're saying over the course of the whole season with the you know when you look at it in the aggregate and everything. You know what they won. Let them win how they win a game. That's what I say. If they start going back in the toilet and Jake Berger's still hitting, then we can talk. But uh, if the guy's going to bat eighth and hit home runs, that's something you should be happy about, in my no. opinion. <laughs> I got it. I get your opinion. But those are results-based reactions instead of process-based reactions of he's actually hitting not because he's hitting in the eighth spot. He's hitting because he's a good hitter. You shouldn't have people who are not hitting who are batting first and second. Yes, Andrew Benintendi's hitting singles, but – we said ball go far, team go far. That's what my point is. Like it's it's counterproductive. You're hurting your own team by hitting the guy only eighth. You're getting fewer at bats in that same game, not just the full season. In that very game, you get a one less at bat from Jake Berger than possibly most of the guys in the lineup. So that's what I'm saying. You should have that guy hit more than I don't know anybody. He's the best hitter right now it's besides Luis Robert. I, I will say this. I brought up the fact because we, we've got, you know, when, when the White Sox got Jake Berger back on Sunday, we got to talk to Pedro about it, and I asked Pedro, you know, what's, it, what's the benefit of having Jake back here? And he said uh, he lengthens the lineup. He lengthens the lineup. Well, you know, you've got the lineup lengthened now all the way down to the eight spot. And I, and I brought it up again tonight after he hits and, you know, kind of – saying like, oh, you get pie the middle of the order and you got Jake Berger down there. That's got to be pretty nice, right? And he, what he brought up was not the guy who was batting eighth, but the guy who was batting seventh, Yasmani Grandal, who's been getting on base, who's been getting in front of Jake Berger. And all of a sudden, you, the lineup's built like that maybe for a reason because you put an iron base guy in front of Jake Berger. Jake Berger hits his nightly home run, uh, and all of a sudden you got – two or more runs instead of just the one again i'm not saying that's the only reason he's hitting down there but some uh there is obviously some thought being put into this lineup construction uh whether you agree with it or not pedro's got his reasons so um the main thing for the white Sox tonight is the same thing that was the main thing last night which is hey look at this offense spent last week barely scoring two and a half runs a game and now you got 15 runs in two nights six home runs in two nights uh Gavin Sheets is on a heater. Jake Berger is on, you know, he's only been on a heater since he's been here, basically. Um, this lineup does look longer. Uh, it does look like there are more guys in it that can hurt you all of a sudden. I think if you would have been shown this starting nine, and obviously there are some injuries that are preventing it from being the starting nine, but if you were shown this starting nine at the beginning of the season, you might have been like, hmm, I don't know. You know what I mean? Not just because there are some backups in there, but because maybe you had questions about Gavin Sheets. Jake Berger didn't even make the opening day roster, so obviously there were questions about whether he was going to be able to play on a regular basis or not. I think you probably would have had some questions about this lineup then based on what are these guys doing. All of a sudden, those guys who were maybe question marks earlier in the year are all of a sudden part of the meat of this order, no matter where uh, in the order that might actually be from a, from a uh, batting position standpoint. But uh, this looks like the offense maybe not the one that was envisioned, but certainly the result that was envisioned, right? A team that could bash these home runs and 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 put up a crooked number. This is what the White Sox are capable of doing. We haven't seen a lot of it, but we've seen it the last two nights, and let's see if they can make it a more regular thing. Yeah, they've had a shit ton of them in May, so, I mean, that's been exciting to see. Um, and that is the um, legal, I think, term for it that is. Is, is shit ton. Um, I don't know, like, I think there's more to talk about with Berger, but... Something we also brought up was just 
again, 46 games of Tim Anderson, Yuan Moncada, Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert Jr., and Yasmani Grandal playing together since 2020. And Grandal got on base, got some singles, but then he had to get pulled from the game. Uh, is there an update on Yasmani, and what can we really expect from him? Because that was a lot of our talk this offseason was, and you know, he put in a ton of work to get the lower half healthy, but again, he's 34. Like, you know, he's not aging in reverse. That was my biggest concern. Um, I don't know if, uh, you know, the consistency of this, these flare-ups is, is concerning to the White Sox. Well, first I'll start and tell you what Pedro said after the game. He said that the Osmani's legs are still bothering him. The same thing, or stemming from, I should say, uh, the hamstring tweak that we saw while he was running the bases last week in Kansas City. That's almost a week ago. It'll be a week ago tomorrow. Um, it is affecting his running, and you can make all the jokes you want about how he, you know, is obviously not the fleetest of foot to begin with, but it is affecting his ability to run. It is affecting uh, him on some plays behind the plate. It's, uh, you know, depending on the play, it can affect him there as well. Uh, depending on the moment, it, as, as happened tonight, it affected him on a swing. So this is something that can, as Pedro put it, come up and bite him pretty much at any time. And remember, this is different than the back spasms that were keeping him from catching, uh, you know, here and there throughout the first bit of the season. Um, but they want his bat in the lineup. They see what the, he can do out there. They love his on-base ability. They love what he's been able to do lately. It is obviously a much different Yasmani Grandal than we saw last year when he was struggling so mightily at the plate. That doesn't mean that it is a Yasmani Grandal who is ever going to be 100%. It's just possible that he won't be again, um, but or at least in the near future, I should say. Uh, but the White Sox are willing to deal with that, to go into a game knowing they might need to sub their starting catcher out of it at some point to get the contributions that he can make offensively. Um, it is not ideal from any standpoint. I don't think anybody would say it's the perfect way to go. But that being said, this is a team that was being that was having trouble consistently doing stuff offensively. And if you're going to be able to have a night like tonight, a night like last night, you got to get guys getting on base in front of the home run hitters. And Yasmani has been able to do that with relative success. So um, I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to not have questions ab about his health for the remainder of this year. But if he's healthy enough to give you what he's got, I think it's something that the White Sox will take at the moment. Well, feel free to brush this off if you if we don't know enough already. But like IL has been brought up before with him. Um, I don't know if you know this triggers uh, maybe a possible IL stint for him, uh, or is it you know think they're just going to continue to just kind of manage him day to day. Day to day is exactly what Pedro said. Uh, I don't. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I don't. Well, I'm just saying. I, I, it's a fine question, but I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it's something that's going to happen any anytime soon. Right now, he's he's day to day. If we saw them hold him out for three days or three games, I should say, this weekend, four total days with the off day on Monday, if they gave him four off days in a row and were happy with him two nights, I mean, basically a game and a half, right? You know what he could do with the bat for a game and a half, uh, and they're going to take that. I don't see them, you know, all of a sudden pushing the IL button right away unless it's something that's going to, you know, get worse. If they're confident that it's just going to be this, maybe they maybe this is the way they do it. And it's he, he's not going to catch tomorrow, uh, uh, Pedro said. But 
this might be the way that it goes. We'll see. Dougie does make a good point. I could probably time his uh, first to home because they ISO came to. Yeah. Uh, and he said, Herb, now is your time to rematch him to a race. So we can time Yasmani uh, kind of with a, a pulled hamstring. Yeah, and, and then you could maybe, maybe you're handicapped that way. No, I'm going to beat his real time. Um, mm. One of these days, I am. Um, Herb, you're not. You didn't. I, I not. am going to beat will, it. I am definitely going to beat that. <laughs> Gavin Cheats today hit a home run again, his second game in a row. Then uh, home plate umpire Dan Sonia called the ball on the ground as strike three, and you saw something that I have never seen Gavin Sheets do before, yell at an umpire, and he deserved every second of it. Did uh, Pedro talk about the ump show that was going on there? Because Pedro tried to go out and protect his player before he even got a chance to talk to the umpire. Sonia was giving Gavin Sheets the hook. It's just, it's just the ump show I'm just tired of, and a player like that that doesn't speak up that much, you know you messed up if he's yelling at you. Uh, Pedro did not say anything. Gavin was asked about it after the game and was like, and was pretty diplomatic, uh, as diplomatic as he could have been, I suppose. He said, yeah, I, I get they got a, uh, a tough job out there, but he said, but I need to stick up for myself as well. And so uh, he was uh, apparently not super pleased with the calls the last two nights. Um, and so he was he was making it known there. Uh, probably helped, of course, by the fact that he was about to be subbed out for a defensive replacement anyway. So didn't exactly hurt <laughs> the White Sox in that moment. Um, but uh yeah, you're right. That's not what you see from Gavin Sheets, and that's uh, him doing something probably uh, with a, with a baseball purpose in mind, not, not necessarily just uh, you know letting the emotions fly. I would imagine, but uh, uh, we'll we'll see if it pays off for him if he if he gets a little uh, more calls more to his liking as uh, this series wraps up tomorrow. I would like to talk a little bit more about Gavin, though. Um, you tweeted this out yesterday. Uh, he had this quote, this isn't over, it's not over, we've got too much talent in here to just lie down and roll over, we've got some big matchups these next two weeks, and we could still make a statement, have a great May, and take it into June, and see what happens, this isn't over, he comes out, hits another homer, and we've seen even some defensive flashes, he had a nice uh, dive and catch uh, a couple games ago, Uh, I mean, what have you seen in Gavin Sheets in 2023 compared to what we have seen in, you know, the previous 2022 and 2021 years? Uh, I mean, I think consistency has to be the word. I think he's probably been, if you take that horrible April into account, he's probably been one of the White Sox more consistent hitters. Now, we're just starting to see the power come kind of in in a bunch here a little bit. Uh, You know, obviously two nights in a row with a home run. But, like, you know, when he was getting that limited playing time, it's not like he'd play for the first time in five days and whack a home run necessarily. But – with those opportunities, with those very limited opportunities when he was kind of a a bench bat, basically, while Oscar Colas was playing every day in right field, he was getting the hits that he needed to stay consistent. And now that Colas gets sent down, it was described then as a big opportunity for Gavin Sheets to to play uh, a lot of right field. And now that Aloy Jimenez is, is, uh, you know, recovering from his appendectomy as well, that's even more certainty that Gavin's going to be in the lineup every day. Once Aloy comes back, we'll see what happens with that, obviously, because you got to have Aloy in the lineup. You got to keep Jake Berger in the lineup. Where's Gavin Sheets going to play? It's going to be a puzzle for, for Pedro to put together, certainly. But for the moment, Gavin is taking advantage of that opportunity that he had. And even with Colas, you know, tearing it up down in AAA, is there really this need to rush him or to get him back here because Gavin is playing well? Has Gavin... Uh, you know, won that competition 
in the end kind of thing, right? I mean, Oscar won it at the end of spring training, but if you carry it over another month, did Gavin end up winning that competition? Uh, when you talk to Gavin, when you talk to Jake, when you talk to Andrew Vaughn, these guys are younger players, obviously, on this White Sox team, but they've been here before and they've been playing big league ball for a while now or, or you know, for the better part of a while now. And, you know, if they want to be the uh, emotional engine, you know, the emotional engine of this team and, and certainly the offensive engine of this team, those three guys all hit a home run today. Two of them hit a home run yesterday. Uh, let them, let them, because they're, they're the ones who are uh, getting up there and talking the way that I think – uh, the White Sox want him to, to talk right now. The whole it's not over thing, the whole, uh, hey, we've got this firepower. They're, they might be kind of rallying together. How about Jake Berger with the triple into the gap tonight? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're seeing these guys maybe try to will this thing back a little bit. And, you know, who knows what success they'll have because it's a pretty deep hole they have to dig out of. But right now, um, you know, those, those guys are, are putting on a show and, and kind of driving things right now. You bringing it up that way just made me think that Jake Berger is probably now Stephen Nicholas, our, our usual producer's favorite player now, uh, showing the that hustle, hustle that, that grit. I mean, he didn't he didn't settle for a double. No, 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 no. I mean, he hustled all the way to third. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, uh, shout, shout out to Stephen. Uh, and I want to ask one thing I think Sean and I agree on is like perplexing move in the ninth where he has uh, both Garrett Crochet and Kendall Graveman warming up and brings Kendall Graveman in the game. Kendall has a good inning, only pitches 12 pitches. The reason why I ask is because I can see tomorrow him, somebody saying, you know, Kendall and or Joe Kelly is not available. Why did the decision, did he divulge the decision to go to Kendall there instead of getting in Garrett Crochet for his first action of the year? He did not uh, talk about that post game, but as I always say when it comes to Pedro and the relief pitching decisions, it's about previously identified portions of the lineup. And uh, it, it could be just a situation where Kendall gets in trouble and he bleeds into a part of the lineup that he wasn't targeted to pitch against. Then you got Garrett there to come in and, and pitch against the portion of the lineup that he was targeted to pitch against. So um, I think it is far less about situation as not it's not not about situation obviously because you see a certain number of guys when they're winning versus when they're not obviously but the way that they're deployed the order in which they're deployed has a lot more to do with where they are in the opposing lineup i think than a lot of people think yeah it's just interesting to see crochet warmed up and you know with the gaps in uh, runs in both yesterday, you know, being eight to three and then seven to two today. Um, surprised we didn't see crochet thrown out in games of, you know, possible non-circumstance because, you know, if tomorrow is close, will we see crochet in his first, uh, you know, action? I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. I, I go back to, I go back to what Pedro was saying yesterday when Garrett came back about how he's going to be used. And it kind of seemed like they haven't, not that they haven't settled on it yet, but that they have kept their options open so Garrett can be used in any number of situations. And my question specifically was, oh, so is he like a Swiss army knife? Is he just going to do a bunch of different stuff? And Pedro's answer was a little, you know, it caught my attention. It was, uh, we'll see. Like, he's prepared to do that, but we'll see how it plays out kind of thing. And so maybe right now they're just like, all right, well, we'll save Garrett. We'll keep Garrett open for any possible options. Maybe they got to cover two or three innings tomorrow. 
And, and maybe that's what, what Crochet can go do. Maybe there is a tight game or a tie score or, you know, a, a late thing. Maybe he wants to put him out there in a safe situation. Who knows? So yeah. um, it's, it, it, I think the idea is maybe that by not pitching him in these two games where things were pretty well decided, maybe he can use him, he can save him and use him, you know, in a number of different ways or in, in one of a number of different ways in tomorrow's game or, or in Friday's game or whenever. Yeah, tomorrow's a big day, though. It's Sice's day. So, I mean, hopefully they're not you know, needing length out of the bullpen. Hopefully Dylan can go out and, and shove. But uh, anyway, so we'll take a quick break, and we'll talk about the opponent tomorrow, the opportunity to sweep, uh, and also just get uh, a temperature on the Guardians because uh, we talked about it uh, before you joined here, Vinny. Uh, we're not sure how good they are. Uh, do you want to take a break, though, and let you know? You got some Shady Rays on your head? I do have some Shady Rays in my yeah. head. You could take on the sun with gear built to last just like Herb. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free Within 30 days, there's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself these shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. This bobblehead. And I think Josh has brought it up a couple times uh, that Southpaw is on the set. Um, we, we do love our props. We do love the set decorations that were sent in from FOCO. Go show them some love over at FOCO.com. That's F-O-C-O.com or click the link in the description below. For all non presale items, use the promo code CHGO. That's us for 10% off. Again, that's just CHGO. Don't add that's us. That <laughs> won't do anything. Uh, promo code CHGO for 10% off, though. Get fit in the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. And for baseball season, they have Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. So again, check out foco.com. That's F-O-C-O dot com. All right. Vinny, what's your vibe on these Guardians? Because we talked about them a little bit earlier and you know you, you, do, you do talk about length um but Mike Clevenger nearly gave them seven innings tonight um it, it seems like the White Sox aren't having trouble with this Cleveland team I don't know if you guys have a, a differing opinion but uh Vinny after seeing two games from the Guardians do you think that they're better than what they were last year worse than what they were uh you know what's your what's your temperature on them well, I think, you know, watching what they did so well and watching how they won so many games and how they played last year, uh, probably a tough thing to repeat, right? Uh, particularly from a statistical standpoint, I would imagine, for, for those who look at those numbers, probably something that's a little tough to uh, repeat. We were talking on the way up um, you know, some of the problems going on with this pitching staff right now. I mean, uh, you know, McKenzie's hurt. 
uh, uh, police that got sent down to the to the miners uh, and, and the guy really who has uh, has been the the constant for them the mainstay Shane Bieber gave up more hits yesterday than he's ever given up in, in any start before in his career um, so obviously it starts with that pitching this is not the entirety of these guardians let's remember their two best hitters uh, have not played or, or not didn't play tonight and then you know Josh Naylor had to leave last night's game so uh, you know Jose Ramirez who is just one of the best players in baseball, no doubt about it, uh, just on the bereavement list this week. So the White Sox, you could say, caught a nice break here, not having to uh, pitch to Jose Ramirez because usually when they and really any team pitch to Jose Ramirez, it, it uh, doesn't usually work out too well for them. But uh, so, you know, this is obviously not that complete uh, Guardians team that I think you usually would expect to see. Um, but yeah, that being said, they've got some problems going on particularly in the starting rotation um and uh if that's not going to work for them then it's going to be extraordinarily difficult if not impossible for them to repeat what they did last year so we've been talking you know for a month and a half now about how even though the White Sox are where they are with their record uh this division uh no it's not really um I don't want to use the word eliminating because math is the only thing that can eliminate you, but uh, it's not really prohibitive to a comeback of sorts, to a turnaround of sorts. So we'll see. It has to play out that way. Certainly the White Sox have to play better, but um, you know the, the Guardians are one of those teams that is uh, allowing, you could say, the White Sox to hang around because they're not necessarily uh, impressing a, a terrible amount either. Real quick, just notice this. All of the AL Central teams currently have a record of five and five in their last 10. Hmm. Perfect. The Twins, Tigers, Guardians, Sox, and Royals are all five and five in their last 10. It, it's just, it's a bad division. You're very bad. But hey, I mean, for, for the White Sox and the Royals, that's quite the improvement. That's true. They'll take 500 after what happened to them in April. White Man. Sox are only eight games out now. And that's why I take these wins because they've had so few. But I also know that the White Sox are beating an absolute dog crap team, especially with the two players that are out Shane Bieber they beat him that was a good victory but I think the team had no problems after they got their fourth run the White Sox yesterday I was like they're good because that Cleveland team doesn't have the punch to come back against the White Sox and the same thing that happened today once the White Sox got the lead and they were up clear four to one I was like game's over the the twin the, the Guardians don't have enough to get the job done so while I'm happy with the wins I think it's more of the Guardians just being so bad than the White Sox being this good. Now, if the White Sox can just fool themselves and say, we are this good and continue this on through the weekend and beat some other teams and beat those Kansas City Royals who are coming into town, that will start a nice ball rolling. And then they go and play these Cleveland Guardians again with that Jose Ramirez and hopefully without that Josh Naylor because that man kills the White Sox. Well, Herb, though, remember, it takes two to tango. I mean, you can talk about the White Sox, uh, you know, uh, beating up on the Guardians, but uh, the Kansas City Royals are Mm. one of the two worst teams in baseball, and the White Sox just lost three or four games they played against them. So um, it, it... like I said, it it takes two to quote Marvin Gaye and Kim Weston. Uh, you know, you got to have you, sure you can have the team uh, on the other side of the field be playing poorly, but the White Sox had to show up with the bats the last two nights in order to to, to take advantage of it. Would we say this is the most complete win the White Sox have had this year? I'd say last night. I'd say last night because really? because because Lance Lynn was very very good last night, and Mike Clevenger tonight. They- 
put multiple guys on pretty much in every inning he pitched and just happened to get out of it. And so that's great. You know, the, the, the Sox defense played well tonight, which they did not do last night. So there, right. that's a good point in your favor there, Sean. But I would say that Lance Lynn was very, very good last night. So have they, compl- yeah. have they played a complete game now? I mean, you, you no. said their most complete game. <laughs> their most complete game was yesterday. I was saying that yesterday to you, was, and you brought up the airs part, and I was like, "Yeah, that's true, true, true." But I hear the Lynn point because we thought that Clevenger defense got the bad. job done, but he what? Like, if this was a team that had Jose Ramirez in it, or was a different team, I'm thinking he's getting hit oh, harder yeah. than this. And those walks that he gives up for the four walks he gives up are scoring. That's the thing. I mean, again, like lefty power. I mean, they're they're two. Players with left-handed power are out, Naylor and, and uh, J-Ram. So um, I, I think this definitely would have looked different if those two were in that lineup, 100%. Um, and to the okay. point of last night also, it's one more one more inning out of Lynn, too. Uh, you know what I mean? Sure. So, you know, Clevenger, again, was fine tonight. He, he, he got the job done, no doubt about it. But um, he leaves with the bases loaded, nobody out in, in, in the seventh inning. Lance pitched into the eighth last night, and obviously that's when some runs got scored against him. But, uh, you know, makes it one more inning that that bullpen doesn't have to cover, too. I hear that. All right, let's talk about tomorrow, though. Is tomorrow going to be the most complete win for the White Sox? Uh, Are they going to be able to sweep a team finally? Uh, They've already won their third series this year. What's the second dislike for, folks? I mean, come on. We're already at Matt Thornton uh, likes. Uh, Let's get up to 40. Um They've already won their third series of 2023. Now they can get their first sweep. Are the White Sox talking about that in the clubhouse? Does that matter? Or is it just, you know, hey, five days at a time still uh, going back to spring training? I think it's more one game at a time now, one day at a time, Sean. I I mean, in in these guys' eyes, it's just, hey, let's do that again. You know what I mean? Like they, they know what they've done. You know, we had Pedro, we had Pedro say the other day that he doesn't look at the standings and he doesn't even know how far back they are, but uh, you know, they know what April looked like and they know how much ground they have to make up. Uh, and they know that the last two nights are great, but you got to do it again and you got to do it again a lot more times too. So um, it's a good start. Gavin Sheets said that they, uh, you know, they know the importance of these division games coming up and, and, you know, that they can make up ground a little, a little faster, let's say that way. Um, That's something that they know. And, and I, I, I don't think that they care about a sweep, but I think they care about winning tomorrow. And that means a sweep. And so they'll be happy to uh, have a little streak to get on a little roll here. So, yeah, I mean, remember, it's it's to, let's put it this way. If they won every series they played all year and never swept anybody, they'd be perfectly happy with that. <laughs> Absolutely. And let's just look at Logan Allen, the starting pitcher for the Guardians tomorrow. Decent enough. Four and a half uh, ERA on the season and four starts. So. Uh, lefty, though, so we will probably see uh, Andrew Benintiti dropped in the lineup and maybe no Gavin Sheets, so all mostly right-handed lineup, hopefully, because um, we're not probably expecting uh, uh, Riazmani Grandal to play no matter what, night game after day game, and he got hurt today. So I'm looking forward to the White Sox returning to their old ways of just attacking left-handers and crushing them, especially since they've been hitting home runs a left and right not lately. Hopefully. I might have to sprinkle on uh, my man, Andrew Vaughn. Uh, did you know uh, they, they have uh, two Logan Allens? You told us this. They have, you, you broke on the whole thing. That was, you should break it down again. I got to find this. About how many Logans in the world and how many Logan Allens in the world and how many Cleveland Guardians are Logan Allen. And Logan Allens are Cleveland Guardians. All right. Now I got to find it's this. It's very weird. But 
I'm looking forward to tomorrow. It's going to be a nice warm day, one ten start, and with the lefty on the bump that they've never seen, they crushed uh, Vinny's guy Pey- Peyton Love as a batting field today. It was good to see. <laughs> no one said in the broadcast either. It was right there too, Vinny. I didn't hear on, Jason, Jason or Steve. They both are right there with you in the humor part. They could just walk to there. Steve, I get, you know, he turned off the uh, music paying attention somewhere around uh, 1976 or something like that. But Jason, come on, man. That's that's right up your alley. That's on a tee for you. <laughs> uh, what's on a tee for me is Vinny wrote a brand new article at allchio.com. Um, uh, and look at Sarah with the, Boom. The, the, the screen grab of the article, too. Uh, kind of giving it away. Uh, Vinny, I guess Davis Martin has had Tommy John surgery. Uh, why don't you update us? Yeah, it's uh, not oh. good for the White Sox. That's for sure. I, I uh, you know, the team has been blessed with uh, or fortunate enough to have experienced pretty good starting pitching health over the last two seasons. Certainly that was the case in 2021 when they won the division last year. Obviously Lance Lynn uh, missed the first two months of the year with the, after the surgery in the spring, Michael Kopech was on the IL kind of a bunch, but uh, other than that, it's been pretty good. It better stay that way for them because there's really nothing exciting or confidence inspiring down there anymore now that Davis Martin uh, is out for the year. Uh, He would have been a very confidence inspiring sixth starter, I think. You know, that's kind of a luxury, really, when you have a guy pitch last season at a major league caliber and then. You're like, all right, well, we're going to keep you in that sixth spot and, and use you as the fill-in. That's a pretty nice thing to have. They don't have that anymore. Uh, I, I think kind of pitching without a safety net is what I called it in that article uh, because the next guy they'd be going to is Jesse Schultons. Um, you know, there, there were some moves made over over the offseason, minor ones that no one got really excited about. A.J. Alexi, who has not yes. been very good down at AAA, <laughs> um, and then uh, Nate Fisher, who has been okay uh, down at AAA. But, again, nobody's going to get excited about that there was no Johnny Cueto style move this winter and or spring and really I feel that has a lot to do with the fact that they couldn't promise opportunity to anybody they went out and got Mike Clevenger for 12 million dollars and the rotation was full so uh you know but this is a major league baseball season and you're going to use more than five starting pitchers uh to be able to use Davis Martin in a jam in a pinch when someone's on the IL for a few days uh that would have been great, but now they aren't able to do that. And so there's going to be nothing but question marks the next time or the first time, I should say, because they've made all their starts so far, the first time that they're going to need to call on somebody other than their starting five. By the way, you want to know how infrequent it is for a team to uh, go deep into a season with only using five starting pitchers? How many have done it this year? We're in mid-May. How many have used only five starting pitchers? The answer is two. I was going to say two. I was going to say five. The White Sox are one of them. The Toronto Blue Jays, I believe, are the other one. And Hmm. Pedro and James Fegan had a nice little chat, fun chat about that during our media session earlier. But, uh, but yeah, two teams, and that's it. And and so you're not going to get to the end of the road with only five guys. Uh, And so you're going to see Jesse Schultons come up and start a game or multiple games this year. I think it was nine starts for Davis Martin last year. Uh, and that was almost exclusively in fill in duty. So there you go. Uh, this is, this is not a great thing for the white Sox to be without Davis Martin. 
Well, thank God Tanner Banks exists. Uh, Garrett Crochet apparently can throw 100 innings now. Uh, they fixed that uh, when he had t- Tommy John surgery. Um, and Reynaldo Lopez used to start, so don't worry. Um, he's got LASIK now. Um, and Johnny Cueto has been so bad in Miami that they're probably just going to let him go, and Johnny Cueto will be back riding in on his uh, steed uh, to save the day. So, you know. We don't need to hit the panic button yet. No one's injured, right? So, I mean, I guess Davis Martin. Well, sure. You wrote the article sure. because Davis Martin's right. injured. Well, he's injured, yeah. yeah I mean, injured. again, yeah, it's not a problem today, but it's going to be a thing at some point. And listen, it's not like they it's not like they have to forfeit the game because they don't have anybody. <laughs> There's going to be a pitcher who comes up and makes a start, but it is not a guy who can deliver the sort of dependability that you would have expected from Davis Martin. Now, the one point I'll make is that going into last year, Nobody knew who the hell Davis Martin was. Yeah. And so somebody else could ex- absolutely turn in a performance like Davis Martin did because he just did it last year, um, you know, when he was not expected to play any sort of role and he became this sixth starter extraordinaire. So um, it's th- certainly possible for it to go the other way, too. But uh, in terms of dependability, reliability, experience, the White Sox don't ha- really have much of that, if any of that, uh, to lean on the next time they need to call somebody up to fill a spot in the rotation. Yeah. Well, I well mean, positivity on the front of not having a doubleheader scheduled as yet through May 17th, the White Sox don't have to do that and have to scramble for a minor league pitcher and then another pitcher to have to start for them and later in the game. So they don't have any schedule for the, le- the rest of the year. So knock on wood, there's no more of that because of the lack of depth on starting pitching. So, because last year, I remember so many of those doubleheader games they had to play or makeup games they had to play with people they had to just call up on a, on a moment's notice and they had to come up and it was not good results usually. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and, you know, just thinking and looking at the, the current top 30 prospect list, I mean, Maybe Sean Burke. Um, I think it would be very early for him. Uh, Christian Mena has been, you know, not perfect uh, in AA Birmingham, but he's got a lot of strikeouts, uh, so maybe they'd, they'd rush him up. But he's he's 20. Uh, even Matthew Thompson, he's 22. Uh, it would be early for him to, to, to get a call Paulette, up. But I know Paulette's just like in single A's, but I mean, he's, he was doing well. He's though. coming off Tommy John, so, I mean, that, that'd be a quick one for him. I mean, that's like Mike Leake stuff. Uh, just calling him up to, to, to make his MLB debut. So uh, like Vinny said in, in the article, which you should go check out at allchgo.com, um, pitching without a safety net, really. Um, just hoping that they just stay healthy. And hopefully Dylan Cease has a nice outing tomorrow and, and we can have the nice pregame, have a nice postgame, and talk about a White Sox sweep. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer and Go read his latest piece up at allchgo.com about Davis Martin. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ekmerwald23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, and I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah Victor for producing the show. We have a pregame tomorrow at 1230 and then a postgame after when the White Sox sweep. Thank you. Go Sox. <laughs>